is Jared the GM. We are live out of Boombox Craft Pizza and Tap House out here in East Nashville. Again, that's 1003 Russell Street. Of course, tonight, Smashville Live player guest at 7 o'clock is going to be former Preds great J.P. Dumont. The first 50 people get an opportunity for an autograph or a picture. And, of course, you can register to win two tickets to an upcoming home game. Nash will be here. They have literally rolled out the red carpet, Floyd. Out here at Boombox Craft Pizza and Tap House. They are ready. They have got the red carpet for Nash and the energy team, Smashville Live. Uh, again, is brought to you by New Amsterdam Vodka, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, and Red Spirits and Wine. Come on out tonight. We are on the big story of the day, and that is Marcus Mariota's tenure of starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans is officially over. You do realize that Mariota was drafted like two weeks after we started working here. Oh, yeah. We, we grew up with him. I mean, it really is like... I <laughs> Losing mean, that, the best friend. It is wild today to think about that. So, anywho, Mike Vrabel. Now, I do blame Mike Vrabel for a lot of the problems that are with Mariota. The question is, really, in my mind, does John Robinson get blamed for it? But I always, I always use the, uh, the great Gatsby as kind of a comparison for the way that Vrabel felt about Mariota. If you remember the movie Great Gatsby, Daisy is married to Tom Buchanan, but Gatsby and Daisy are in love, and Gatsby really loves da- really loves Daisy, and Tom, who's married to Daisy, doesn't really like him that much, uh, doesn't really like her that much. So I always felt that it was kind of similar because Malarkey loved loved Mariota, and Vrabel just never really seemed all that committed, even when he said he was committed. Today I asked Vrabel how frustrating it is to be in the position you're in to be benching Mariota when you've seen Mariota have the success that he's had. This is what Vrabel said today. How frustrated was it with Marcus at times where you'd see him play really, really well, even going back to the Atlanta game two weeks ago, but certainly last year had a lot of big moments and big games, and then see what it's become uh, at Denver and and where it is now. I'm just frustrated with um, the, the job that I've done right now through through six games to try to to lead the team to to get them to understand the keys each week sometimes frustrated with you know a play here or a play there that you'd like to have back from from players that you have a lot of confidence in that you know that's probably not their their best play but it's about winning it's about you know coming to work every day working hard trying to give them the same message um, that they will need to to win the game, and that started this morning with a squad meeting and, and laid out the keys and tried to talk to them, showed showed them tape. Um, we put the game plan in, and then we'll practice and and we'll make corrections. Now I wholeheartedly agree. I'm frustrated with him not coaching well too. Now, let's go back to when he was hired to be the coach of the Titans. Now remember, we had Rubisky and Malarkey were holding Mariota back, and Robinson had to bring in Vrabel to save Marcus. So Vrabel's hired, and he's talking about his vision, and he's asked about his vision for the quarterback. This is what Vrabel said that day. The vision is that we're going to do things that are going to help him. We're going to put guys around him that are going to help him. We're going to get him to play with confidence. We're going to get him to play energetic uh, and, and bring the passion of football out that he's so capable of showing. That's my idea for him. And, I, and I, there's not going to be a greater relationship that I need to foster and develop uh, than the one with our starting quarterback. Well, how's that working out for you? Is he playing with confidence? No. Was he playing with passion, energy? No. 
No. Did you get guys around him that were going to help him? No. I mean, I really think when you look back at it, Mike Vrabel thought he was walking into a good quarterback and made him worse. In fact, he was asked about what it was like when he was defensive coordinator with the Texans and schemed against Mariota at his opening press conference. What were your thoughts of Marcus when you schemed against him? We were scared to death. You know, he, he pulled a football on Jadevian Clowney and, and, and ran 40 yards. And thank God he, he, he pulled his hamstring running 40 yards. That game wouldn't have been what it was that day uh, in Houston. So he, he's a special talent. He was a special kid. And, uh, and I'm gonna, I can't wait to, to work with him and, and help him through, you know, taking that next step in his career. But, you know, you, you, you get a quarterback that pulls it on, on J.D., you know, you better have, uh, you know, some cojones. Because J.D. normally swallows those guys up. So special talent, <laughs> special kid, and he's got cojones. And I can't wait to work with him. And now a year and a half later, Vrabel is essentially firing that guy. When you go back to the big words Vrabel used when he was hired, did Mike Vrabel fail based upon what he was promising when he took the job? I mean, you listen to that stuff. I don't listen to that stuff. He is not. Who's he saying? You think he's telling the truth to anybody in that room? You have to quit listening to these coaches in their press conferences now. <laughs> that, that, where that they are not talk. telling the truth to anybody in the room. Nobody. John Robinson, when he does it, he's not telling you the truth. He can't tell you the truth. I want the truth. The whole he truth. He can't tell you the and truth. And nothing but the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. But uh, the, uh, I mean, you can't get all caught up in what somebody says in a press conference. For goodness sakes. I mean, that's not, you know, that's not realistic. I mean, the guy just got the job. What's he going to do? You know, we played against him. We thought he was pretty average. You notice he didn't say one word about passing the ball. I knew you were going to bring that up. What did he do? I knew you were well, going to bring that up. Well, I saw up. him run the ball 40 yards. And pull a hamstring. And pull a hamstring. I knew, I knew he was going to. I knew Floyd go. was going there, Ian. Pick, pick I, right up on that. Well, he I can't throw, he... so that's probably why. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, but what are you going to say? You got to find something good to say? Well, I saw him run with the football. He said he's a special talent. Yeah, running with the football. He believed when he took the job. Again, I don't think Vrabel takes the job if he thinks Mariota's a bum. I guarantee he takes the job. He doesn't care who the quarterback is. He's got a chance to be an NFL head coach. Nobody. That's not true. Josh McDaniels only interviewed interviewed one job this offseason. It was Green Bay, and that was the only job he had any interest in. The Bengals kept calling McDaniels, and he had no interest well, in Well, yeah, but that's because he's got the best job in the country. I mean, you, half of the head coaching jobs in the NFL aren't as good as his job. Okay, but you just said nobody. Well, okay, Josh, one guy. One guy out of the 2,000 coaches in this league would not take an, a head NFL job for whatever reason. I mean, they're going to take it no matter what. You got a chance to make four or five million dollars. You're going to sign a three, four, five year contract. Coaches make five and, million dollars, and there and there's a 
you know, there's going to be a ton of pressure on you, and you've got to win, and you've got to. But that contract's guaranteed, and you know that if it works out and you got a chance to be something special, then you're really going to cash it. Oh, yeah. Like, if they came up to me and they were like, so, hey, uh, Fox is going to cancel the, the Skip and Shannon show. They want to hire you at $4 million a year for four years. But they want you to talk nothing but wrestling and NASCAR. I mean... I'm going to do it for sure $4 million dollars a year. I'll be up there talking about pins oil and there you go. bumpers and fenders and all kinds of crap. And that's the way it is taking the NFL. The Undertaker and, you know, uh, ra- Rowdy Randy and, you know, hitting people with chairs. Let's go to your phone. 615-737-1025. Nick has been waiting patiently on John Robinson. Thank you for calling. What's up, Nick? Hey, how's it going, guys? Um Basically, I was calling, you know, really, man, I've been a Mario to supporter for uh, ever since we've uh, drafted him. And he's had showed good signs. He showed bad signs. I wish he'd have turned out better, but I do believe it's time to move on, too. And, uh, you know, you're saying you wish you had somebody to draft a quarterback besides John Robertson. But Floyd, I think the best thing we can do is fire uh, John Robertson and just go ahead and hire Jared Stillman. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I would be a great general manager for the Titans. Thank you for the call, Nick. I think I would do a great job as general manager. Uh, yeah. You don't feel that way? <laughs> if the Titans, if the Titans hired me to be general manager, and I, I would never watch another NFL game in the history of my life. Well, I'm gonna try to hire you. No. Why never, not? never hire. I would never watch another NFL game. Ever. You wouldn't come with me if I got a GM job in the league. No, work for Jared Floyd in a front office. That would be great. Yeah, that would be great. Wouldn't it? <laughs> He'd go out to a practice, come in. We got to cut that guy. But that guy's an all-pro guard. I don't care. We got to cut him. Do you see what he did? I said, you watch one practice. You're going to cut him. <laughs> You convinced me to sign Roger Saffold for $11 million, and then I had to go watch that. I would be so mad at you. Oh, mama, would I be mad. Oh, 615-737-1025, 615-737-1025 here on Jared and the GM. Tannehill is in. Do we think there's still a chance for the playoffs this year? 615 Seven three seven one zero two five. We'll get to that next. Jared and the GM. It's ESPN one zero two five. The game specifically to kind of prove that the book on you is is more than that than what you wore at Miami. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to prove anything other than I can lead this team to wins. That's ultimately comes down to is go out, play my game, and and uh, win football games. That's why we're here is to win, and and that's what I uh, I plan to do. That's the new starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill. Can I borrow a line from you, GM? Sure. Get me to the playoffs, baby! <laughs> I am worried. Now, see, I think the season is over for the Titans. Like, I I want them to make it to the playoffs. I think there's a 5% chance in my head that this guy could be the Tommy Maddox of the Titans and take them to the playoffs and all of that. But I, in reality, the overwhelming belief in my heart is that the season is over and that they don't have a chance to make the playoffs. But if Ryan Tannehill is going to get this team to the playoffs, how is he going to do it? I mean, not screw it up. 
I mean, the defense is good enough. The punter's good enough. The kicker, when he gets back, will be good enough. I mean, you look at the vast majority of areas on this team, and they're good enough. But they've got to, you know, the offensive line has to play better, as we know, and the quarterback's got to play better. And if he can just go out there, you know what? He doesn't have to, to score 30 points. He doesn't have to, you know, give us 17 points. Go out there. It's like we, what did we say about Marcus? Be 18 for 25 for two TDs, 200 yards. Tighten ball. We're in. You know, we, we can win games that way. But, I mean, you, you know, we can't have, you know, can't have 83 yards or whatever but it was. But do you think that you can beat the Texans doing that? Well, no, you're not going to win every game that way. Well, you can lose two more and get into the playoffs. Yeah, well, you can't, no, you're not going to be able to win every game that way. And there's, and I, you, I throw those numbers around, you know, loosely because we all know there are going to be games you're going to have to go out and score 25 or 30 or whatever it is to beat whoever the really good team is. Uh, but I'm talking about the, the games that we always complain about. And I'm talking about if you look at what's happened these first six weeks, I mean, if you score 17 points, you maybe five and one or something like that. I don't, I'd have to look at the scores. But, I mean, you maybe win every game. So uh, that's what we're asking for. And, and I think he can do that. I think he has a chance to do that. I just want to go to the playoffs. I, I thought this team before the year was going to the playoffs. It's time to get back to the playoffs. It's time to be good again. And I'm sitting there today watching Vrabel borderline tears talk to the media. And I'm thinking to myself, it's October 16th and the playoffs are gone. Gone. Just want some playoffs. That's all I want. I mean, I remember when Suckup. I thought you wanted 12 and 4. Well, that was my demand. <laughs> How's that going? You see, I, hey, what did I say about the coach and the GM? What did I say about the coach and the GM? I said, strike two. You know how this works. Three strikes, you out. And it's not one of the. I'm more like Tom Halligan, the umpire. The, the, he has that loud strike call when he punches somebody out. Now I'm ready. I'm ready to ring them up. Because, you know, hey, two strikes on you, three strikes, you out. Take your phones, we go. 615-737-1025. Let's go to Zach, who's up next on Jared at the GM. We are live out at Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House out here in East Nashville. Smash for Live tonight at 7 o'clock. 40-plus beers on tap. Zach, go ahead. Guys, it has been a while. Mariota, Maserati's favorite fan right here. Uh, you guys, you guys should have known I was going to call in with this uh, once yeah. I woke up to this news today. Um, I, and Mariota's too much of a nice guy to ask to be released, but oh my god, dude, I'm sick at my stomach. I don't know if I can watch another Titans game. I'm, I'm, I don't know how it came from. Mariota has possibly the worst game he's ever had as far as accuracy goes. Throws his first two interceptions of the entire year, and not only does he get benched for the rest of that game. Tannehill didn't go in there and do anything special. He's he's uh, an average quarterback at best, like a Matt Hasselbeck caliber quarterback. How Matt did Hasselbeck how did it come to, to this? Matt Hasselbeck got to a Super Bowl. Yeah, well, Mariota got us to the playoffs and helped us win that game in Kansas City. I'm over here scratching my head, looking at Jameis Winston has six turnovers and doesn't get pulled from the game. How did this become all Mariota's fault? How? Thank when he got calls, sacked Zach. multiple times in the first half, which will make a quarterback rattled when he's already having an inaccurate day, which led to his two interceptions. 
how does it, how does this happen? I, I I am at a loss for words. I am absolutely disgusted with the with the Titans organization, and that and that's all I'll say. It was good checking in with you guys. Thanks for giving me a chance. I hope all is well. I still support you. Still support Nashville, and I will always yep, support you. the Maserati. Thank you, Zach. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. Okay, Floyd, to his point, he says Jameis Winston doesn't get pulled. How is Mariota getting pulled? So on and so forth. What do you, what's your response to that? I mean, I don't. I, I didn't really think much about it. <laughs> I mean, Jameis Winston's lucky he's not getting pulled, and he got pulled last year. Well, Jameis. I mean, Jameis has been pulled. Jameis got gone, benched twice last year. Yeah, he's he's just gone back in, and I think in that in in. His particular case, I mean, the difference, of course, is he threw five interceptions, and they were in that game to the very last series. He he moved him down the field with a chance to win it. I mean, you were still in in this game until late in the game because the defense kept you in the game. Yeah, we couldn't score any points. We I know, but winning. when it was six nothing, you're still in the game. Oh yeah, halftime. <laughs> you're still in the game. Halftime. <laughs> you're still in the game. Okay. I mean, really, you were in the game until Lindsey broke off the big run and it made it 16 nothing. I, I would hope. I mean, I, I'm going to guess that we're going to be in most games at halftime. Halftime will be pretty good shape. Now, at the end of the game, it might be a completely different story. Just give me the playoffs, baby. John <laughs> is up next here on Mike Vrabel. What's up, John? Yeah, I just, when we drafted Mariota, I had a weird feeling he wasn't going to work in the pros and i've spent five years pretending like i was wrong i don't see hey, i'm with you play. john i did the exact i i hated the drafting of mariota and then i got it myself into it a hundred percent well here's my question i don't know why there's so much hate for Vrabel. nobody else has been able to really do anything with with mariota either that play in the playoffs everybody's talking about it all started with a really bad pass so you know i mean he's well, a I blank mean, Mar- personality that- I mean, Mariota has got you on the door of the playoffs three years in a row. I mean, you cannot take that away from him. Thank you, John. You cannot take that away from Mariota. For even though Floyd probably will, I, I feel like you, he has gotten this team on the door of the playoffs three years in a row. Now, we don't think that that's good enough. And when the going rate for a franchise quarterback is like $29 million a year, getting you on the door of the playoffs is certainly not good enough. But, I mean, Mariota has had success in his career. Why does Vrabel get a lot of, why does Vrabel get a lot of flack? I think it's two reasons. Three reasons. Number one, Vrabel was brought in when the team was pretty good. So the fans were told that it was going to be because you were pretty good, but Vrabel, the leader of men that he was, was going to make you so much better. Two, I think Vrabel makes a lot of bad in-game decisions. I mean, we can rehash them all we want. Floyd defends them every time. But let's be honest with you, a lot of the decisions Vrabel makes in games are kind of stupid. In fact, the one that he made last week to replace Mariota might have been his best in-game decision. And then three, I think Vrabel's kind of snarky, and I think that rubs some fans the wrong way. doesn't bother me at all, but I think it does bother some fans and some people that, you know, look at Vrabel and how he acts like he's Mr. New England and he had, you know, all that kind of stuff. Okay. <laughs> Me, of course, I don't agree with anything you said, so I just blow it off. <laughs> well, you think every in-game decision Vrabel makes is a great in-game decision? No, I don't. I, I, what, do, what do I tell you all the time? 
I'm not going to criticize because I made those decisions. And if you made those decisions, you know how hard they are. And so I would never criticize. And that's that's why it always kills me when you say, honestly, I think, honestly, how can you be honest? There's no honesty involved. It's complete opinion. Yeah, my honest well, opinion. Well, that's not, that's not honesty. That's opinion. Honest is fact. Floyd, I'm going to let you in on a little secret about how the human brain works. When I say things like honestly or ultimately or It means you're about opinion, to lie. No. It means you're about to lie. It, it means that my mind is formulating the words that are going to come after ah. that. So I have an idea of what I want to say, but ah. now I have to think about how to articulate it. Ah. So honestly, it's kind of like a, a pause for me to think in my head what I'm going to say. Uh, but now, every time I say anything like that, everybody's so listening on the radio is going to... <laughs> everyone's listening on the radio is going to be like, ah, here's Jared thinking about what he's going to say. Here comes a lie. Get ready. It's not a lie. <laughs> it's not a lie. Oh, my gosh, through my papers. My bad. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, it's not a lie. It is the... <laughs> It is the God's honest truth. Oh, yeah. Honestly. Truth according to Jared. Honestly. <laughs> right back to your phones next. We're live at Boombox, Craft Pizza and Tap House, Nashville Live out here, East Nashville. Come on out. Again, two for one, select local drafts, all domestics and well liquor, $1 off house wine, two for one, Bloody Marys and mimosas, 40 plus beers on tap, largest video wall in Tennessee. We're thankful to be here today. Smashville Live going to be popping tonight. Come on out. Jared and the GM, CSPN 1025, the game. Generally, what do you think are Ryan's football strengths that he's going to bring you guys? Starting quarterback, um, has mobility. I think he's shown that he could stay in the pocket and, and get the ball out. He has some toughness and, you know, a lot of, all the same, you know, qualities that every other quarterback has. That was Vrabel. <laughs> what are his strengths? Well, he had a lot of quarter qualities every other quarterback has. I didn't know that that's how that works. But Ditto. I, I <laughs> mean, in all fairness to Vrabel, boy, I, I mean, I have seen Vrabel at press conferences that he's not happy about being at. I've seen Vrabel at press conferences where I thought he was going to be a real pain in the rear end and was actually, you know, all giddy. Um, like when they lost to Buffalo last year, the day after, he was all about it. So, I mean, I, I've seen Vrabel each way. I mean, today, you felt bad for the guy at the press conference. Oh, yeah. Then they asked two questions about the Chargers, and he was, uh, and he was all about talking about the Chargers. He was excited. They did ask him a question about suck-up. And he was like, well, you know, that's probably a question for John because I'm not sure what the rules are exactly as far as, you know, what they can or can't do on the IR or so on. And I'm thinking to myself, no, 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 no. You are paid multi-million dollars to know the rules. I need you to tell me right now. The, um, did he mention anything about the DT? Yeah, he's practicing today. So DT is a big old boy now. Big lad. He is big. Yes, he is. He is. Simmons is... Now, I, I think anything that he does, like if he gets out there on the field, as long as he just makes some tackles, I think we'll be okay. I think it's next year that we've got to expect the sacks and the big plays and all the... I heard some draft guru somewhere along the line talking about it, and they were asking him, you know, well, this guy's injured. What do you think about him? And he said, had he not been injured, he would have been a top five pick. Well, you know what Danielson told me? So, so at SEC Media Days, you were out in Turks, but uh, I asked Gary Danielson about... Simmons, because, you know, Gary's called a bunch of... Gary said if he... Glenn Dorsey, the tackle for LSU, 
had a similar knee injury or something like that. And he never really became the Glenn Dorsey in the NFL that he was in college. If Simmons doesn't come back from the knee right, then he thinks that he'll be a good run stopper and a solid DT that'll play for you for a while. If he does come back from the knee, Danielson says he's probably the best player in the draft. Wow. So that's what Gary said. And I know that you take what Gary says with, you know, a lot of cred. To... He's seen a lot of good players. Let's go to your phones on this. Well, first, let's hear what Vrabel had to say on Jeffrey Simmons today, just because we're talking about Jeffrey Simmons. What are your expectations for Jeffrey Simmons, I guess, starting today? Um, well, he'll get the whale on somebody other than me um, and our trainers and our strength coach. So that'll be good. Um, excited. Excited for Jeff. I know that that John and <clears throat> myself, you know, when we when we, we met with him and we you know, looked at this process, we knew that it would take some time. Nobody had any um, real idea or expectations on how long it would take. We thought that by looking at Jeff and you know, the, his physical stature and his genetics, that it would probably be less than what the normal person would be. And now this is the next step in his return to play is to get out there on the practice field, uh, to be around um, other players, to line up next to guys, uh, to hear calls and communication. Um, so we'll see where it goes and, you know, continue to do what's best for, for Jeff. To your phones. Let's go. 615-737-1025. Wes on Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. Go ahead, Wes. Uh, yeah, man. I'm a long-time listener. I don't call very often. Um but this is just kind of my uh, my mindset here, and I just want you guys to touch on this a little bit. I've been the biggest market supporter since he came to Tennessee. And I feel like uh, I'm kind of in the boat with you that we've kind of let Marcus down. Um, I feel like he's going to leave, and he's going to go somewhere else, and he's going to be extremely successful with another team. Um, I don't feel like he fits this, this style of play. Um, but I feel like Tannehill will, will kind of – be able to step in and, and make something happen as much as I don't want to see Mario to go. I, I do feel like Tannehill fits better with the team, with this, with this way the offense is playing. What is your take on that? Thank you. As far as the way things are going, the way they're playing, anybody fits in better than the way Mario to played on Sunday. That I, I will be honest with. Floyd, what did you think about what he said there about Tannehill? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, and we talked about this yesterday. I'm not sure there's a great deal of difference between the two. I think Tannehill will be more accurate, number one. And that's got to be, if you're a player, if you're a receiver, and you know that's a fact, then you've got to be a little bit excited about that, you know. Uh, and I think he bring, you know, he's going to bring a little bit of maturity only because he's a little bit older. You know, he's, he's been in the league twice as long or close to twice as long. And so he's going to bring some of that experience along, plus the fact he knows. He knows his situation. He knows this is his last call. And he knows he's got to make the absolute best of this. So whatever, wherever the good Lord put him on the, on the ability scale, I think he'll reach all of that. Well, it's like I asked him today about the idea of, you know, hey, can you, do, do you see yourself talking about Tannehill? I was like, you know, do, do you think this is your opportunity to kind of rewrite the book on what people think you are? And, you know, he said something along the lines of, you know, I'm just out here to win football games and it's not about me. And it's a, 
But yes, right? Like, he, he still thinks he's probably a franchise guy. Oh, sure. And he probably came here thinking, you know, I'll play in four or five games because Mario will get hurt, and then I'll reset my value, and I'll go somewhere to start, and then I'll go be good again. Now he's got the opportunity to do that here. That, that's probably what he's thinking. I'm not saying that's what he's going to do. I'm just saying that's what he's thinking. Well, he's got normally, you know, a backup quarterback – if he gets any significant time at all, it's going to be with an injury. So, you know, in a season, you're going to get two, three weeks. Um, nobody gets 10, 10 weeks. You know, you got so, – so, you know, he's looking at this as, as if, you know, this is more than just a week audition. This, I can actually make a season out of this if I do this correctly. And that means he's going to go out there, in my opinion, he's going to play as, as well as he can play. Like I said, where that is, we don't know. Let's go to Chris, who's up next on the Titans playoffs. Thank you for calling. What's up, Chris? Oh, boy. Um, thanks for taking my call. I want to say to the GM, I love you. Don't take this personal. But I think your love affair for Coach Rabel is because mediocrity loves mediocrity. You three games over five hundred as a GM in the NFL. So I think mediocrity loves mediocrity. Okay, so then my next thing is, as far as Mariota goes, the guy cannot make a screen pass to save his life. I understand that it is best that we move on. Don't think Tannehill's that answer, but he's our only option, right? But I don't think that it's going to solve our problem with our left tackle, who's nothing but a goon, who constantly gets whipped, and then when he don't get whipped, he gets flagged for holding. Um, or he hits the guy and roughs him up after the play. So he cost our team anyway. Our running backs cannot pick up a blitz. Two or three times Sunday, um, Henry whiffed on his guy. I don't understand oh, why. He had, we one had, he had one bad whiff. Oh, my goodness. The one was absolutely horrible. You could have stood in and did a better job of blocking. No, that is legitimately that, true. Another thing. That's not going to – Tannehill or whoever is not going to fix our offensive line. Our receivers, for the most part, if you watch their routes, they're not crisp. And that, that, I know that has something to do with I busted my butt for three quarters and the quarterback can't find me if I'm standing next to him. I'm not going to bust my butt. I got that. Now, hopefully that changes. But, Chris, thank you for your call. No, no, no. Thank you for your yeah. call. I, I do wonder – I mean – there are a lot of problems about the Titans right now that aren't being discussed at length because the quarterbacks have been the topics this week. But there are a lot of things that are screwed up that are, are far beyond just the line can't block and the quarterback stinks. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's nothing perfect. Like there was one in blitz pickup where the, where the Broncos blitzed, and you could tell Taylor's job was to slow the guy and then move on, so then basically push the guy over to Derek was kind of his job. And Derek just whiffed on him. And the guy crushed Mariota. And I remember watching that play thinking, I mean, what's Marcus supposed to do there? Maybe it was Tannehill that got sacked. But I'm thinking, like, what's he supposed to do there? You know, in all seriousness, what's he supposed to do? He struggled with that his whole career, you know. Oh, always has. He's never been good at it. Which is amazing because every coach he's had is like, oh, yeah, he's getting so much better. And then you watch him and you're like, getting guys blown up, saving. Oh, he's gotten so much better. Sylvester Croom, oh, man, he's gotten so much better as a pass catcher. And then you watch the ball hit him in the face mask, and you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, let's see. Let's go to Philip, who's up next on Mike Vrabel. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Philip. 
Philip. Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is why I think Vrabel is the issue. It goes all the way back to last year when we had uh, when we in the Buffalo game. We didn't lose that game because of Mariota. We lost it because of bad coaching of having the wrong a receiver that should have been on a practice squad out there. Same thing for the Chargers game. Mariota didn't lose us that game. We lost it because of bad play calling on the goal line, the game we should have won. We win that, we in the playoffs. This year, we got a kicker out there that shouldn't even been probably on the team, evidently, because we cut him right after he missed field goals. We could we could be have a whole lot better record if we make field goals. We could have won at least two games this year. I think that changes the whole game plan if we just win those games. And I get off the line here, you know, off to the, after that. Thank you. It changes everything if the kicker makes two kicks. But that's not Vrabel's fault. It's not, I mean, the Vrabel, you know, not going for it on fourth down in that Buffalo game is ridiculous. But it doesn't change. I mean, if you make two kicks, you're four and two instead of two and four. But it's not Vrabel's fault that the kicker can't kick. What's Vrabel supposed to do? They thought they were going to have Suckup back. That, that's not his fault. Suckup gets hurt. You got to go get a kicker. Like right now, the New England Patriots have Mike Nugent as their field goal kicker because Gostowski's on IR. And if a game comes down to Nugent and he misses, Belichick is going to look at him and say, hey, I tried. You know, I went out, got the kicker that kicked the best, and I brought him in here, and, you know, we gave him a shot to win, and that's what. That, that, that is the life of having a kicker. And, you know, so to, to pin the kicker being bad on Vrabel, I'm not sure I, I feel comfortable doing. That's not Vrabel's fault. I mean, there's, it, 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 again, they're backup kickers for a reason, and they don't have a job for a reason. Did you see what Bill O'Brien did on Sunday, by the way, speaking of decisions and kickers? No. So Kaime Fairbairn, their kicker, had, you know, couldn't kick in, the, in Arrowhead on Sunday. Fourth down and three with the game on the line. Field goal ends it, first down ends it. At the 27, O'Brien goes for it, gets it, wins the game. If O'Brien kicks a field goal, he wins the game, but he didn't trust the kicker. Mr. Everybody in the league would kick that ball even if the kicker was missing kicks. O'Brien didn't kick it. Well, yeah, but you now you're going to tell me that was a good decision. No, it was a terrible decision. It was an awful decision. Horrible decision. <laughs> don't, don't, kick don't the try, ball. Don't try to play that off. I know, but you can't tell me every <laughs> coach in the league would do something. Every smart Wait, Bill, coach. Every Bill, smart coach Are you saying Bill O'Brien's not a smart coach? No, Bill O'Brien is very smart. Bill O'Brien's a Brown graduate. So then why did he not kick it there? I have no idea. He just said, told me. He said he didn't trust the kicker. Didn't trust the kicker. There you go. So Vrabel trusted the kicker in the Buffalo game? That's why he ran him out? He trusted the kicker because he was trying to win. He and was trying. I, tr- I don't know If the kicker times, makes the kick in the Kansas City I've game, he wins. I have to explain this to you. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like I'm talking to the wall. I've, I've been through this time and time again. You go in, you got, you're behind by seven. If you're going to win, you got to get ten. You kick the field goal, you stop them with five minutes left, and now you've got a chance to go down and win the game. That's what they were doing. If you punt like you wanted to. No, Ian was the punt, one who suggested that. <laughs> then you're just getting, throwing the game away. You know what? Every time that you say that I wanted them to punt, I'm going to say... See, and that's, they fired Mike Malarkey 
But they fired a playoff coach, and we got to hold that well, against that's John right. Robinson. You, you, you say it anyway. So, I mean, I'm, nobody would want to punt there. If you punt, you lose the game. Ian, so, wanted, Ian wanted to punt. That was a bad idea. Now, you told me. You looked at me and said, I would have even punted. I would have punted before kicking. Yeah, that's right. Not punted before going. <laughs> Ian, back me up on that one. I, I would have probably to... gone for it first and then punted. Field goal was Thank my you. last choice, probably. Yes. Thank you. The football gurus that's, on this show, that's Sharon and Ian. better than punting. Punting is everybody's last option. It mm-hmm. was your first. No, it was the, not. I want to punt it. You are just making that I wanna up. I want to punt it down to the two. You are making that up. I never said Truth. Punt it. Give it to our Honestly. best player. Punt it. Uh, uh, punt it. Jared Give it to our best player. We are live. <laughs> we are live. My guy. We are live out of Boom Bars, Craft Pizza, and Tap House in East Nashville. Coming up next, I cannot believe I'm saying this. It would literally take the quarterback getting benched for me to not talk about the revelation that was Kyle Turris last night. We will touch on that, Jared and the GM. CSPN 1025, the game. Chipped up there by Ellis to center. Here's Grimaldi down the left wing in the Vegas zone. Throws a backhander wild across in front of the net. Now a try by Ellis, and it's deflected in front for the score. Juris was in front. Grimaldi was heading that way, and the Predators get on the board. Kyle Juris, our hero. Paying what he owes last night. Oh, now you're going to be his buddy-buddy. I'm not his buddy uh, buddy. You still hate him? Uh, no, I said pay what you right? owe, and he's paying at least whoa, for the last whoa, whoa, whoa. week is paying what he owes. Are you going to try to make us believe that you're now liking him some way, some form? No. You still hate him? I don't hate him. You hated him. I can't wait you to gotta get him. you got to get him out of here. I, I want him to score more goals so they can get rid of him. I mean, this guy, he may be the answer. The MVP of the team. So Kyle Turris scores once yesterday. Technically, Benino got credit on the second one, but that was his goal. Kyle Turris scored twice. I have two things I got to say. One, whatever you do, no matter who gets hurt, no matter what changes they make, do not, under any circumstances, move him up off that fourth line. He is great right there on the fourth line. Leave him there. Because when he scores now, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a bonus gift. Whereas before, you needed the second line to score, so when he wasn't scoring or creating scoring opportunities, it was maddening because you need your second line to score. Well, you don't need your fourth line to score. So when he scores now, it's like, hey, Kyle Torres. Yeah, like the eighth-place hitter hitting a home run. I love it. And that's what he's, he's bringing to the table. But to, to go off of Torres for a second, what a great Preds road win last night. Oh, oh my God. One. As far as October wins are concerned, that it was a great October win last night. I mean, I thought they, there was a chance they were going to give up seven goals last night. And then, they, as soon as they, they got down 2-1, I'm like, uh-oh. Because I felt like the floodgates were about to open. And the Predators locked it up the whole rest of the night. Yeah, they did, they did open. But they opened for the Preds. Amazing. <laughs> All four lines score. Power, Power play. play. What else can you ask for? I mean, I'm watching this game last night. So, like, last night... I, I, like, you know, I, I talk to Floyd about this a lot, and Ian, I talk to enough about this, but, like, they both see it, especially Ian. They both see it on a, on a daily basis about how, like, dialed in I am to just, like, whatever's going on with the Titans or the Predators that we're going to talk about. Like, I'm just constantly thinking it, watching it, looking at it, whatever. 
So I spent all day yesterday getting ready for the show to talk about Mariota Tannehill the whole time. Then, yesterday, we get done with the show. I go out to dinner, and as soon as I get home from dinner, because the Predators are late, as soon as I get home from dinner, it's like uh, Ryan Tannehill's the starting quarterback. The guy that's been the franchise quarterback for the last five years, yeah, he's on the bench. His career is essentially as a Titan is over. And I'm like, oh, God. So now i got to go to work doing all kinds of stuff with that. And I'm watching the game at the same time. So I'm watching the Preds game, and I'm doing the Titans stuff, and I'm watching this game, and I'm like, the Titans are ruining my ability to talk about this great game the Predators played yesterday against Vegas. They played great. Because of the Titans situation. It was a great game. And, like, early defensively, like, I got a little worried. You know, you've got Roman Yossi sacrifices a, a – you had a three-on-two – and Roman Yossi gives it up so he can get in a fight. His second career fight, Roman Yossi and Mark Stone get in a fight. And I'm thinking, oh, God, this is just going to be the game of missed opportunities. And it wasn't. If anything, that fight probably fired them up a little bit. And they played their butts off. And we said, hey, can you get the lead and pack it in and hold the lead? And when they got to 4-2, I was like, okay. Like, forget trying to score at this point. Let's play defense. They win 5-2. I was thoroughly impressed by last night's win. The the thing that is really exciting for me is the, the diversity of the guys that are scoring. It seemed like last year, if if you win 3-1 to one and some we scored three goals, you could say, well, okay, RV had one. And, I mean, Forsberg, go, RV Giants. Yeah, you go through and you say, oh, there's only two or three guys that are going to score for you. But now, with this, the way they're playing now, I mean – Sessions. I mean, guys that you, you, you knew were on the team and you knew they'd go out there and play just didn't seem like it make a, made a lot happen. Now those guys are all scoring. Tourists. I mean, it, it goes on and on. Did I, you I, see the play that Forsberg made on Fleury yesterday? Oh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> that is a steal. Every time I see Pekka run out of that net and it go dry, Jay, You get scared I, out of your th- I, oh, That yeah. very thing scares me to death. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, it must never, ever happen because he continues to do it. And then you see that and you go, oh, my God, we have to be sure that doesn't happen to us. I remember in the Chicago series, Pekka had one like that where he got out to play the puck at and it hit something on the board like a funny bounce off the board. And he had to make a sprawling throw his stick at it save, basically, in order to keep the puck out of the net. And I was like... Especially like anybody like my dad who, you know, isn't a huge hockey fan. I mean, he is now, but like wasn't, you know, it hasn't been watching hockey for 20 years. He's been watching hockey for five years. Every time Pekka goes out of the net, he gets nervous. <laughs> and that's exactly why. What a steal by Forsberg last night. And then just puts it right back in the net. Oh, it was, just it was great. And you know what? I mean, that. And everybody, I think when, when their goalie ran out, even the guy that had the puck kind of eased up. Oh, thinking, yeah. Like, oh, they yeah, go, he'll just be. get it out. And then here little. he comes. Whack. That, that's an embarrassing play if you're Vegas last oh, night. Oh, absolutely. But what a great win. A great regular season. As far as October wins are concerned, that's pretty much a great oh, win. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. That's it for us. We're out of here. Special thanks to our friends at Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House out here in East Nashville. But the game's not going anywhere because Preds Insiders live from Boomba's and then at 7 o'clock, Smashville Live. Right here at Boomba's, plenty of places for you to come on out. They got the red carpet out. Smashville Live coming up. Preds Insiders next. Jared and the GM back at 2 tomorrow.